combat sports fans, it's time for Strong Style. Impact Media's weekly dive off the top rope into the world of professional wrestling and MMA. I'm your host, Jeremy the Impact York. I want to welcome you guys in. My goodness. Each week, this stuff writes itself. There's... It's so much fun doing the research, of course, but this stuff just writes itself. We've got so many great things coming up. Pro Wrestling World, uh, you know, that's WrestleMania season. AEW's got their big show coming up. Uh, New Japan this week was just phenomenal. Just off the charts amazing. MMA World, of course, tons of things going on, and uh, got some fun topics come up in, uh, in that realm as well. But before we get into that, before we get into that, I want to tell you guys how you can be a part of the show. You can do so the following ways. You can email the show, 3endzone at gmail.com. That is the blanket email for everything impact media and yes I'm the one who responds to I'm pretty sure every one of them as some of you have found out you can also search for us on Facebook you can search for strong style you can search for impact media and you can search for uh, Jeremy York any of those should uh, find us You can also, if you are a type of person who just wants to click a link and listen to a show, we appreciate you guys just as much. You can do so by going to our Twitter account, at Team Impact Media. Scroll down to the appropriate show you want to listen to, click on it, and listen to it as many times as you want. There is no cap. You can also follow at the Impact 99 That is my personal account. But I talk about show-related things, uh, non-show-related things, when we're at different games, different events, different fun places. Sometimes just random stuff I, that I think you guys may like and that I like. Uh, you can follow at the Impact 99 on Twitter, Triller, TikTok, and Instagram. And of course, you can find us anywhere that you find a podcast, including Spotify, Podcast One, and the iTunes Store. And if there's a place you regularly find a podcast that you cannot find us. Please let us know. We will fix that just as soon as we can. And I promise you it will be very quick. We, you know, things happen. Sometimes you get busted links. Sometimes they wear out because you've had them there that long. And sometimes we just screw stuff up. Things happen. As I said, though, there is so much to get into. So let's get into it right now. And we're going to start with UFC 286 as Leon Edwards defended his welterweight championship against the man he beat just uh, last time out in Kamaru Usman. This was the trilogy fight because Kamaru Usman won the first fight they had. Leon Edwards with uh, the amazing kick in the fifth round, I think it was fifth round, uh, to win the belt last time around. He won match number two, so we get the rubber match that is number three. What a fight this was. What is this not if, if you're gonna have if if you know 
one guy gets a win, the other guy gets a win, and then you're getting a third fight. Don't you want it to go down to decision like this? I mean, plus, they were both really, really putting on some good displays. I do agree the, with the judges. It was a majority decision for Leon Rocky Edwards as he retains his belt. Um, he was doing a little more than Kamaru. It looks to me like Kamaru, after being on top for so long, and then get defeated last time by that kick out of nowhere, which, if you go back and look, it really wasn't out of nowhere, but, uh, you know, a lot of us didn't expect it. It looks like Leon be became an even better fighter since then, and it looks like Kamaru just, uh, he might need a break. I don't think he's doing bad. I don't think he's, he's, he's not on decline or nothing like that. I just think Leon has found a way to beat him. And I, I do actually have an opponent in mind for Kamaru Usman, and we will get into that later, as that is part of one of my discussions. But good on Leon Rocky Edwards. And we're going to get into his future opponent in that same discussion. It's a crazy discussion. But Edwards with the majority decision, it could have been unanimous. But hey, somebody wanted to give, give the fight to Kamaru. That made sense. Good main event. The co-main event was actually a better fight. It also ended in majority decision as Justin Gaethje gets the win over Rafael Faziv. Not a lot of debate with this one either. They both put on just a spectacular performance. Spectacular display of skills. Uh, but by the end of the fight, it was pretty obvious who won. And it was because Justin Gaethje looked like he had just did his walkout, was ready to fight, and Rafael Faziv had uh, he had some wear and tear on the old noggin. He uh, and it's not because he was you know it's not because he was getting lit up. It's just for some reason, as hard as Justin throws, his shots were causing more physical damage, and Faziv's were causing damage, but they weren't as visible. He wasn't as cut up. Justin Gaethje, though, ends up winning by majority decision, as I said. Fantastic fight. Fantastic fight. You could flip those two in any order whatsoever, and uh, that's your co-main event and main event any night of the week. Shout out to Gunnar Nelson, who got the submission win over Brian Barbarina. I, I just... It, it this thing played out how I thought it would. Gunnar Nelson is the better fighter. Uh, Brian is a great fighter when he puts it all together, but I don't know. Just sometimes it's it's like uh, Brian just abandons whatever tactic he is trying, whatever game plan he has. He just wants to stand there and just trade, uh, just hammer fist just as much as possible and. Uh, Gunner said, you know what, I can, I can take this one. And, uh, you know, a submission artist 
you, you don't give him an arm. You don't give him a leg. You don't give him your neck or anything. Uh, in this case, he gets Brian's arm. The arm bar happens, and late in the first round, Gunnar Nelson gets his big win. Now you got to think you're the you're right below the co. Right below the co-main, so maybe Gunnar Nelson's next fight could be a little higher than that. Or at least at that spot, I believe. Uh, this next fight played out exactly how I told you guys it would. I will take my victory lap on that because you guys don't remember the last time I missed one pretty good. <laughs> Which is fine. You can call me out at any time with that. That is totally cool. That's what all those platforms I told you how to reach the show, that's what that's for. You tell me what I did right, what I did wrong. Uh... You want to tell me that grass is green, water is wet, that's fine too. It's what those avenues are for, communication. Uh, Jennifer Maya gets a unanimous decision win over Casey O'Neill. What did I tell you guys? I like Casey O'Neill. I like Jennifer Maya. I think they're both fantastic, fantastic flyways. And it didn't mean as much to me as it probably did to her. But uh, Casey O'Neill coming in undefeated, fine. Jennifer Maya had, uh, what, 30 fights coming into this? Okay, that experience paid off. Because when Casey O'Neill went for her strategy and it worked, great. When she went for her strategy and Maya had a counter for it, which was a lot of the time, it took her a minute to pivot to the next avenue she wanted to take. And in taking that extra time, Jennifer Maya was able to capitalize and control the fight. So, great win for Jennifer. Uh, Casey O'Neill's going to be fine. She's going to, sometimes you learn more from a loss than a win. I think Casey O'Neill's going to rebound. She's probably going to win her next fight. And Jennifer Maya moves up in the flyweight division. Uh, lastly, there were some, some weird decisions, but uh, I agree with all the ones that happened. Speaking of weird decision, Marvin Vittori gets unanimous decision win over Rom uh, Roman Delize. I gotta agree with this too. Uh, Marvin did more in this fight than Roman did. Roman, he had his moments. Uh, a lot of people were, were were not sure about. They didn't agree. They thought the judges maybe uh, went for the. the you know, went for the, the more popular fighter instead of the better fighter. That's, that's not how you decide things. You decide by what they do in the cage. And Marvin had a better performance in the cage than Roman, and so he wins. And that's just how that works. Other highlights tonight, Jack Shore with a great submission. Uh, it was the rear naked choke he had over uh, Maquan uh, Amir Khani. Uh, Mohamed Bakayev had a neck crank over uh, Rafael Filo. That was fantastic. Uh, Lerone Murphy got a split decision win over Gabriel Santos, but uh, Lerone Murphy, man. Whew. Santos is a good fighter. Uh, Lerone Murphy, he is a guy to watch out for in the featherweight division. He is putting people on notice. Uh, Jake Hadley, I believe, <laughs> that, that, that KO, Whew. Jesus, I mean, just, 
he dropped Gordon like a like like a sack of potatoes and uh, like like some Lay's potato chips or something. It just poof. I think he I think he got performance of the night or he got something like that. But uh, Jake Hadley, whew, he is a bad bad man. Uh, Joanne Wood with a big win over Luana uh, Carolina and oh I've got to say this. Uh, Veronica Hardy, who is married to Dan Hardy. You guys may know who Dan Hardy is. She wins by unanimous decision over Juliana Miller, who recently won, I believe, on the Contender Series. And uh, then, I think this is her first fight in the UFC since winning a contract there. Juliana is, is a really, really good fighter. But, gosh, you know what helps you become a great fighter? Uh, and even better, and this is no, no knock on Juliana, because Juliana rebound. Like it's, I would be willing to bet she wins her next fight too. Uh, she just got too much, too much uh, energy and everything to be down about it. I, I think she'll be fine. Uh, but no, when you're married to the encyclopedia of fighting knowledge that is Dan Hardy, uh, Veronica Hardy, she was already a, a really good fighter. If she continues on the path she's on, uh, she's not going to be the curtain jerker fight. She's going to be closer up to pay-per-view style. Uh, great win for Veronica. Good luck, Juliana. She's going to do some other stuff, too. But, man. When they throw a pay-per-view party, it's hard to top that. But the UFC has an event coming up this weekend. It is UFC Fight Night. Marlon Chito Vera versus Corey Sanhagen. Yeah, guys, that's a uh, that's it. The AT and T Center in San Antonio. Yep, a fight night. That's not at the Apex. Looks like it is going to be on ESPN and ESPN Plus starting at seven. The prelims will be on ESPN and ESPN Plus at four. That means the whole card is going to be on ESPN. Is that not? Is the whole card? Let me look. We're scanning through. We're scanning through. Producer Sassy. Yep. Hey, good work there. My goodness, is this loaded, too. Uh, like I said, Chito Vera versus Corey Sanhagen. That's a pay-per-view match all day long. Uh, the fact that it's on a fight night is incredible. And for the people of San Antonio, they they are going to throw a heck of an event. Um, as far as my pick, i got to go Chito Vera. Corey Sanhagen is a bad, bad man, too. And I hate, I'm not doubting him at all. It's just every time I go against Cheeto, he burns me. So I will take the risk that uh, Sanhagen could win. And he is the favorite, by the way, at minus 170, plus 145 for Cheeto Vera. I think uh, that, that could be ducket worthy if you are so inclined. Our co-main event is in the women's bantamweight division. It is Holly Holm versus Yana Santos. This could be a good fight. Holly Holm is looking to uh, continue her momentum as of late. Yana Santos is looking to uh, use Holly Holm as a uh, stepping stone to bigger and better things. It's hard to go against Holly Holm. Give me Yana Santos, though. I, I think the slight upset. She's a plus 200. Holly is a minus 240. Uh, give me Yana Santos. By decision, I think by decision. 
Uh, third matchup from the top. Nate Landwehr is taking on Austin Lingo. Nate is a slight favorite. Austin is a, uh, a slight dog in that one in the featherweight division. Nate is a bad, bad man. That I keep saying that. There are a lot of those in the UFC and other places. Um, but, yeah, give me Nate. Another person, Austin, I, I'm not as familiar with him. I've seen Nate fight a uh, decent amount of times. I think Nate is going to get the victory in that one. Uh, matchup number four, Andrea Lee versus Macy Barber in the women's flyweight. Uh, Andrea Lee is is here to to spoil the Barber party. Macy comes in with a lot of hype. She backs up the hype. She's a really good fighter. She is who I am, I am picking to win this fight. I, I think she is becoming a more complete fighter each and every time she is in there. She's only 11 and 2. She's very young. I think very much Macy Barber is going to win this, but if Andrea Lee wants to spoil the party, well, it's her spot to take uh, instead of Macy. Matchup number five, this is all on the main card. Alex Perez versus Manel Cape, the flyweight division. Manel is a slight favorite. Alex Perez is a slight dog. Um, I'm going to go the favorite on that one. I'm going I'm to stay pretty chalk. I'm going to say uh, Manel Cape is going to find a way to get the victory. Um, there was... I think there was a couple other fights that I wanted to highlight for a second. Just to mention, uh, Trevin Giles is taking on Preston Parsons in the welterweight division. That is a minus 110 either way. That is beyond coin flip. Um, I'll take Preston, and it's just a coin flip in my head. I'll take Preston Parsons. And there was another one I wanted to... Oh, it's the opening fight again. Where Haley Cowan and uh, I think it's Tamiris. Am I saying that correctly? Fadal? Tamiris Fadal? We'll go with that. Uh, Haley Cowan is a slight favorite, and I do think she is going to win, but anytime you get 7 and 2 versus 7 and 1, it's, uh, it's going to be a really, really good fight to open up the card. Like I said, this is all starting at 4 p.m. Eastern. This is going to be a really, really star-studded card. It's all on ESPN and ESPN+. Plus. My goodness, people. Make sure to watch this one. Let's go to the PFL Challenger Series. The Challenger Series. Now, we know how it works. You win your fight. They narrow it down to the final two. And then between the final two... The three judges all vote, and then there's the fan vote, and if it is tied at that point as to who should get the contract, well, Race FO gets to step from behind the scenes and uh, call the shot. Think of him like the Simon Cowell of the PFL in that respect. He does a lot of stuff, too. Uh, but he is like the Simon Cowell without being a judge in that what Ray says goes. Ray is a great leader of the PFL, and uh, I look forward to talking to him in June when the PFL is back in Atlanta because you know we're going to be there. But it came down to the winners. So Denzel Freeman, after that uh, incredible kick, I mean, good Lord, what a kick. 
Um, Ali Omar had a, uh, a great performance. Evelyn Martins, I think it's Martins, it could be Martins, but Evelyn Martins put on a clinic. And uh, Kenley St. Louis with a big win, too. They narrow it down to Denzel Freeman and Evelyn Martins, which makes it a little interesting because when you look at the judges, where are they? there we go. This week's judges are Randy Couture, who works, who does some commentary of the PFL, plus uh, I think he knows a little bit about fighting. Uh, Wiz Khalifa, who, if you guys aren't aware, is actually quite the MMA expert. He goes to a lot of these events. He knows a lot of fighters. I think he trains in a discipline or two. Uh, big fight guy. And Kayla Harrison, PFL darling. Well, here's where it gets interesting. Because Kayla Harrison has a lot of teammates, but one of her teammates goes by Evelyn Martins, or Martins. Yep, she's having to choose between her teammate and the guy who tried to kick his opponent into the 14th row and almost succeeded. Uh, so they begin with Wiz Khalifa. He, uh, he really likes both fighters, but he says, you know what? Give me my man Freeman. Randy Couture, of course, they, they do the judge thing. They say good things about both, which there was a lot of good things to say about both. He kind of favors Evelyn a little bit. So Kayla Harrison comes up, and she's really leaning towards Evelyn. But then they cast their vote, and it goes for Denzel Freeman. They go to the fan vote, and 51% of the vote, you guys voted. I did not get my vote in on time. Um, but 51% of the vote says Denzel Freeman. He is your newest PFL heavyweight. Uh, just spectacular. I think they're going to find a way to get to get Evelyn into the PFL somewhere. I, I just feel like they're going to find room for her. But how spectacular is that? That, uh, you know, because th this was the second chance. These are people who either lost early on or didn't get a chance to be in it. And uh, they get the opportunity here. And Freeman, he, he absolutely deserves it absolutely deserves it. Now, the PFL is on a slight break for about another 10 days. And on Saturday, April the 1st, on ESPN Plus, starting at 6 p.m. and ESPN, regular ESPN starting at 9, they will be at the theater at the Virgin Hotels in Las Vegas, Nevada. As week one of the regular season starts up. Um, big matchups already. I will run down them real quickly. You've got Brendan Lochnane versus um, Marlon Marais. I mean, there are tons of fights on this. You've got, uh, looks like, is it the lightweight? It's the featherweights and the lightweights. Because you're going to have Robert Wilkinson, who was last year's light heavyweight champ, against Tiago Santos. You are going to get Christoph Jotko 
versus Will Fleury. Man, that's going to be fun. That's going to be a fun fight. You guys are going to like that one. You are going to get Mavliv, or Mavlid, uh, Kaibulev versus Ryoji Kudo. Kudo put on some fantastic moments last year. That uh, guy, I think he backdoored his way into the playoff. The return of Chris Wade. He gets to take on Bubba Jenkins. This was a matchup that we did not get to see because Chris Wade... Uh, the Chris Wade Revenge Tour got stopped in the first round. Not the first round of the fight, the first round of the playoffs. As uh, I believe, was it Brendan? It might have been Brendan Lockname that stopped him there. Bubba Jenkins uh, takes a break from being a high school and uh, amateur wrestling coach. That's going to be a fun matchup. I'm glad they're starting off with those two. Let them get it out. We're also going to see Martin Hamlet versus Mohamed uh, Fakhreddin. A guy I enjoyed fighting, or if not fighting, I enjoyed watching him fight last year because I didn't know much about him. And then I watched him fight and he put on a heck of a performance. Uh, Josh Silveira is taking on Sam Kai. Sam's a heck of a fighter too. I would not want to be in the light heavyweight division. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, Alejandro Flores versus Daniel Torres. That's also on this card. You're going to get Joe uh, Sungbin versus Jesus Pinedo. You're going to get by far the most intense person I've ever met in my life, but he is super chill when uh, he's not fired up about a fight. Delon Monty going to take on Ty Flores. I feel bad for Ty Flores, because if Delon gets into uh, kind of Super Saiyan mode, yikes. He he could end that early. Corey Hendricks against Impa uh, Kasagane. There are, let's see, how many is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleven fights coming up. I said that is uh, next, that next Saturday. That will be next Saturday. Uh, fantastic. PFL continues to just bring the hammer. Absolutely bring the hammer. Now, real quickly, uh, shout out to Anderson, the Spider Silva, as he has been added to the group of Jens Pulver and Jose Aldo for the Hall of Fame in the UFC this year. That is just a ridiculous group. But adding Anderson Silva, it, it pretty much no point during his career did any of us think he would not be a Hall of Famer. Uh, great that they are going to honor him. Um, and uh, and Aldo and Pulver too. They, you don't have a UFC if you don't have people like that. There's there's been tons of people like that, but those guys are legends. And then we talked earlier about Leon Rocky Edwards. Uh, Dana White says that uh, no brainer. Colby Colby Covington is the next challenger for Leon. What Colby? 
Kobe had fought in like two years, three years, something like that. And he's, I'm not saying he's not qualified because he does have a resume that kind of screams, well, not really screams, but kind of, kind of says, you know, he he's a he's a top fighter, and he is. But what about Bilal Muhammad? Remember the name? Yeah, I kind of have to, kind of have to. Ask Dana and Sean Shelby and, and some of those guys. Uh, do, do you remember Bahal Muhammad's name? How is it not Bahal Muhammad? When you compare those two, Colby's had like three, four, or five fights since like 2020. And Bahal Muhammad's had like 11. I mean, in a way, Bilal has become the new Leon. Remember back during covid uh, Leon was supposed to be on a bunch of different cards and kept getting scratched, kept getting put back, kept getting different things happened here and there, and, and he was supposed to get his opportunity, and then he was supposed to get this other opportunity, and then he was supposed to get a title shot, and then and then finally when he got one a couple months ago, he he <laughs> he was able to beat Kamaru Usman and took the title, and then he just defended it. So okay, Leon's a champ. Let's put him on one side. Um. So if it is Colby, which fine, if it, it, it is what it is, then what do you do with La Muhammad? Well, Muhammad versus Kamaru Usman. I like that matchup. It has been rumored that uh, Muhammad could be against Rokmanov. You you got kind of an interesting mix of people up there. I, I could I could definitely see that, but it just you know we might get more into it other times because I mean a lot of other shows have really gotten into this, so you guys have probably heard it quite a, a ton of times this year this week. But I I gotta I gotta shout at Blah Muhammad that you deserve your opportunity, and I, I don't. I don't understand why you're not being given the opportunity. But, uh, you know, they they don't ask me. They they ask a lot of you guys. And it's, it's a lot of times what the fans want to see. So if you guys want to see a different matchup, well, you got to let them know. But for now, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we will dive into the world of professional wrestling and uh, we've actually got a new one to uh, a new show to add to the repertoire and we'll talk about all that when we get back right after this hey this is jeremy the impact york from the impact media family of podcast betonline.net is your number one source for sports betting info stats news and analysis Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest ways to get your betting fixed. And don't forget BetOnline for NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. And we're back here on Strong Style. Make sure to visit our friends at betonline.net. Net. They have all the betting and wagering lines. They have the podcast. They have the articles. They have so much intel and so many tools to make you a better, more educated fan. Visit betterline.net. Tell them Impact Media sent you. 
they love to hear that, and we love to hear from them that you told them that. Early part of the show, we talked UFC 286. We talked the fight night coming up. Talked a little PFL as uh, they concluded their Challenger Series and uh, are 10 days away from starting up their regular season in Vegas for three weeks before uh, being back here at the OTE Arena in Atlanta for uh, three different days in June. I believe it's the 8th, the 16th, and the 23rd. And you're dang right, Impact Media will be in the building. We're in talks about that now. So, if you want to hear any of our MMA discussion uh, and you and you missed it, then uh, go back to the first part of the show, and uh, we're going to jump into the world of the WWE, who is gearing up for WrestleMania season. We can kind of see certain things starting to take shape. Obviously, uh, more than likely, the uh, the Judgment Day will be facing off against Edge, probably Dexter Loomis and uh, Johnny Gargano. That make a lot of sense. Although Gargano is is uh, going to take on Grayson Waller the night before that, so he's either doing double duty or maybe somebody else jumps in this. But they kind of all got into it. They ended up being a tag match. Uh, it didn't. It didn't do much to to help the feud or hurt the feud. It just took up the first part of Raw, and it, it was a good match. Gargano and Loomis versus uh, Dominic Mysterio and uh, Damian Priest. All four guys who know how to work, who know how to go. That, it, it was a pretty good matchup. With the Judgment Day getting the ultimate win there. Uh, Cody versus L.A. Knight. Now, I keep saying how good L.A. Knight is. He keeps jobbing out to people all the time. I mean, obviously, Cody's not going to lose, so this makes sense here. But uh, Cody and L.A. Knight is a match that could headline a pay-per-view if given the opportunity. And I hope they give a boost to L.A. Knight at some point down the road because he is that good. He's good enough to be a title holder in the uh, in, in the WWE and uh, this was a great match. Of course, Cody won, as I said, but uh, it's one worth going back and watching. I, I have a buddy that says, it, man, it's, I, I don't always have the three hours to watch Raw, but uh, you know, if there's some stuff to tune in for, let me know. Well, there's a lot of stuff to tune in for, but I told him uh, Cody versus LA Knight was one this week. Uh, the following match to that, Bronson Reed versus Elias with Rick Boogs down at uh, ringside. Bronson Reed, of course, gets the win, but uh, him and Elias worked real well together. That was a really good match. Uh, Theory versus Dawkins, even though Theory won. Dawkins is a really, really good worker. It, there's, there was a solid block of about 40 minutes or so of good action right there. And, uh, you know, if, it's, if you're just looking for the highlights, then, then those are definitely some. Looks like Theory and Cena is what we'll be looking at for WrestleMania. This will be the ultimate test. They want Theory to be so much more going down the road. Not right now. He's, he's good where he's at. But they're wanting to see if the kid's got it. Well, you put him against the guy, John Cena, and, and you put it on a WrestleMania stage. If Theory comes out flat, then it is what it is. So, kid, the ball's in your court. We need you to uh, pick it up and run with it. 
Um, more than likely, Ray and Dominic are probably going to fight at WrestleMania. They kind of got into it a little more this time. We'll see what happens with all that. Um, Solo Sokoa ends up beating Kevin Owens in the end. Um, but you had the Street Profits and the Usos down there, but Solo had a little bit of help. And in the end, I mean, he does win. It looks to me like we're going to get Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus the Usos for at WrestleMania. And that's that's actually a team that could beat the Usos and take one set of those belts. So we'll, we'll kind of see what happens from there. But uh, WrestleMania is shaking up, at least on the Raw side of things, pretty well. So we go to the SmackDown side. And we get a good exchange between Cody and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn as Cody tricks the two of them basically into somewhat hashing it out their their issues uh, right in the middle of the ring because if KO and Sami Zayn are not on the same page well then taking out the bloodline is, is going to be impossible so uh, Cody did his good deed there Dominic and Rhea took on Santos Escobar and uh, Zelina Vega of course, Dom and, and Rhea win, which is fine. Rhea needs all the momentum as she'll take on Charlotte for the SmackDown title at WrestleMania. That is a rematch from a couple years ago. Should be incredible. But more importantly, Santos Escobar, I don't think a lot of people... Now, you guys are, are my listeners and my followers, so of course you guys probably know who he is. If you looked at the body of work that is his career... He might already be a Hall of Famer. I mean, he his resume is is like uh, a small city's phone book. And for my younger listeners and crowd here, a phone book was where they used to list everybody's phone number and address from particular areas or cities, and you had to manually look up who they were by their last name. Yeah. Thank goodness for Google now. But uh, Santos is an incredible performer, incredible, incredible athlete and great pro wrestler. Uh, I'd like to see him get a little bit of a push somewhere down the road, but, you know, we'll see what happens and how that shakes out. Uh, L.A. Knight once again jobbed out on SmackDown, but this time it was to Xavier Woods. That was a really good match. This That was one of my favorite matches from SmackDown for sure. Um, we kind of all knew what was going to happen with Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus, Imperium, spoiling it, and then it turns into a triple threat where Gunther is going to have to take on both at WrestleMania. That's going to be just a wicked sick match. That that might be the one I'm looking to the, looking forward to the most. And uh, that pretty much did it for for SmackDown last week. Let's go over NXT for a minute, and then we'll dive into some other stuff. You had Gargano and Waller get into it. Um, 
that, that's going to be a pretty good matchup. It's they're they're running out of things for Waller to do, and I think he's just on the cusp, and they, he's probably going to be part of the WrestleMania call-up series, which means it's a, they're also going to let go of a, a small handful of people to make room for him. I, I see Grayson Waller on either Raw or SmackDown very very soon. I think SmackDown would be the better home. But until then, they pull down Johnny Gargano to uh, just help continue to put the shine on this kid. He's, he's going to be really, really good, I think. Pretty Deadly had a solid performance against Gallus. Gallus ends up retaining their tag belts, and they, to me, are the team to beat. Not because they're the champs, but I don't know if, if there's a team currently in NXT that will beat them. But uh, them as the title holders is definitely uh, a really good thing for that tag division. Uh, and pretty deadly. It keeps getting rumored that maybe they get the call up. We'll see. I, I, don't, I don't necessarily see their place on the card yet. But but uh, you know we'll see how it goes. They do a Roxanne Perez health update. I dug into this a little bit. You know, she fainted right after her match with Miko. That was, you know, they, the whole time they kept playing up the, uh, the, the conditioning and the things like that. And, uh, and so she won the match and then she fainted. And then they wheeled her to an ambulance as NXT went off. Well, first off, as I said before, the fact that they showed it, I'm not saying it wasn't legit. Uh, there, there. From everything I've gathered from digging around, there is some sort of health thing going on with Roxanne Perez. I do not know exactly what it is. They are not telling us, and nor is it really our business. Might be a HIPAA violation if we did know, or something along those lines. But this is how serious it is. Is that what starting? This weekend and uh, and next week, they're qualifying people for a ladder match to be the new women's champion because they're not sure when Roxanne Perez could be fully ready to go again, which is crazy. She's super young, super talented. She's in great shape, but there's something going on. It, I don't think it has to do with the, uh, the, the her fainting or... Things like that, because like I said, I think that was a work, but a lot of insiders think that they that is to mask what is really going on. I'd be interested to find out what it is, because it seems a, a lot. It seems a lot more serious than than what they're kind of leading on. But one of the qualifying matches was Sol Ruka versus Zoe Stark. At least Sol Ruka is getting the respect from people like Zoe Stark, who is another one who is rumored to get called up soon. Um, she's getting the respect to where she doesn't just railroad her anymore. This was a good match. Still seems like Stark kind of just does what she wants to do, kind of goes rogue a lot. But uh, Sol Ruka is really coming along really quickly, and uh, she's, she's getting a lot better with their in-ring work, a lot more fluidity. They uh, they did have another qualifying match later on. We will get into that one uh, as we get to it. KC Squared, now that they lost the tag belts, 
They are back jobbing out to teams of random people put together. This is Isla Dawn and Alba Fire. Even though they are a little bit more of an established team, uh, just KC Squared once again jobbing out to them. Although I'm a big fan of Isla Dawn and the things she does. Alba Fire is a good wrestler, but uh, it, it seems to me like like uh, Isla Dawn has a, a real solid chance to do some some really really great things somewhere down the road but uh, they also took on it was uh, Isla and Alba versus KC Squared versus Tatum Paxley and Ivy Nile and uh, Ivy Nile was actually the one that took the pinfall in that one and it had a lot to do with Tatum Paxley uh, setting her up so maybe they're going to split them it's not like they were doing much anyway but uh, we'll, we'll see what they end up doing Dragon off and McDonough, they have their blow-off match that was on this week's NXT. We're going to talk about that one next week, of course. And uh, Wesley tried to do an open challenge and instead got left uh, uh, laying in the ring. So we'll see who he ends up facing coming up. And... Oh, Gigi Dolan took on Kiana James in the uh, the other qualifier match and uh, of course Gigi Dolan won that they think very highly of her if JC Jane wasn't banged up she had her hand in a sling this week if she wasn't dinged up I, I think she would have been in one of these matches they really like the JC versus Gigi stuff the only problem is, is they keep dinging each other up to where you can't keep a, a, a solid program going but hey it is what it is, right? Definitely is what it is. Um, let's get into Impact Wrestling. And I could talk about a lot of things that happen on Impact Wrestling, but instead, I'm going to preview Sacrifice, which is happening this weekend. It's going to be Friday, March the 24th at the St. Clair College in Windsor, Ontario, Canada. It's going to be on Impact Plus. This is uh, Impact's first show in Canada since 2019. And uh, interesting mix of matches, I, I will put it that way. We will start, uh, we'll start down here. PCO versus Kenny King. I don't know why he's against Kenny King when PCO clearly should be against Eddie Edwards. But uh, they've never been known to book a great match like that. So uh, we, a PCO versus Kenny King will be really good. But uh, we, we really want to see Eddie Edwards in this. Joe Hendry is going to defend his Impact Digital Media Championship against Brian Myers. I look for Joe Hendry to retain, but he called out Myers. So this, this grudge match uh, needs to happen. Jonathan Gresham is going to take on Mike Bailey again be interesting to see if they let Bailey go over again. I think Gresham is the better wrestler. Mike Bailey is the better showman as far as uh, some of the flashier stuff. But uh, I, w I would take Jonathan Gresham in that. The Bullet Club, Ace Austin and Chris Bay, are going to defend their tag team titles against TMDK, which is Bad Dude Tito and Shane Haste. I think TMDK, they've done a lot of stuff in New Japan. They're a pretty solid team. We saw Shane Haste couple weeks ago uh, go for the Bullet Club in that one 
Deanna Perrazzo is going to take on Giselle Shaw. If Deanna loses to Giselle Shaw, I would expect Deanna to be gone from the company very soon. She's probably going back to WWE. It's possible. Maybe she follows Taya to AEW. I just, uh, if, if, you know, Giselle Shaw is good and she's an up and coming talent. Like I said, I've been a fan of hers for a while because I've been, uh, I've seen her wrestle a good, uh, a good handful of times over the last couple of years. But Perrazzo is the virtuoso. Virtuoso. And if she puts over Giselle, it's because she's on her way out. Trey Miguel is going to defend his X Division Championship against Lince Dorado. Don't know who Dorado is. He used to be part of Lucha House Party in WWE, which means they just made a spectacle of uh, his abilities as opposed to as opposed to uh, actually featuring him. Uh, he's really, really good. Does a lot of uh, Ray Phoenix-like stuff with some of the uh, the rope jumps and things like that. Uh, Trey Miguel is probably going to retain, but him versus Dorado, don't blink. You're going to miss something crazy. Tommy Dreamer is going to face Bully Ray in a busted open match. That sounds like a first blood match to me. Something along those lines. They just can't call it that because it's copyrighted. And busted open is also the podcast, I believe, that Tommy Dreamer does. I think, or maybe the one Bully Ray does or both. I can't remember. But, uh, you know, why not promote your podcast? Mickey James is going to defend the Impact Knockouts World Championship against Jordan Grace. I don't know if it's if Mickey's still doing the thing where when she loses, she's going to be done. Uh, once again, if somebody was going to do that, Jordan Grace would be the one that makes the most sense because she's really good. Uh, but for the sake of everything, I'm going to say Mickey James finds a way to win here, some kind of weird roll-up or something like that. And then it gets to, I think this is the main event. They've got them listed in a weird order. But uh, Frankie Kazarian, Josh Alexander, and Rich Swan are going to take on Time Machine, which is Alex Shelley, Chris Saban, and Kushida. Uh, the winner of this is anybody who watches this match. These are six guys who it's going to look like you took the face off a watch and all the gears and everything are just going nonstop. It's going to be uh, really, really spectacular. My guess is that somehow Kushida and Josh Alexander have something to do with the end of this thing because they are really pushing that Kushida is the next challenger up. Um, I'm going to say that Time Machine is probably going to win that one. But uh, like I said, Impact Plus, another fun place you can watch that. Definitely check them out. Uh, They're doing some really good things. They're doing some really good things. Let's go to AEW Dynamite. It opens up with the the rebar mitzvah of MJF. Uh, it eventually had three uninvited guests as Jack Perry, uh, Sammy Guevara, and Darby Allen come down. Those are the four cornerstones that they are pretty much building AEW on for the future. And if that's your future, your future is super, super Right. Uh, we moved on to Moxley, Claudio, and Yuta, who took on Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, and Hangman Page. Hangman looked like he took a he took a knock early, and was just kind of really not much of a, a factor, which was uh, kind of odd. 
uh, Silver and Reynolds ended up coming down later on after everything was over and Mox and Claudio and Yuta had them all in in various holes not letting go. I did hear that Uno picked up some sort of injury and he uh, went to get checked out of the hospital. I believe he is he is good and on the mend now. Um, here's the thing. AEW. It's nice you're on network television all that kind of stuff. But you guys have way too many people shooting birds at each other. Way too many. And this is not like, oh, you got little kids that watch and those kind of things like that. It's just, uh, it's like with anything. You guys are in professional wrestling. You understand this. If I throw one clothesline and you act like it was the hardest clothesline of all time, well, then it makes it look really, really good. But if you do 11 clotheslines in a row, they all just kind of, it just keeps watering them down. And the more people that just flick people off on television, and I know you guys think it's cool to be able to do that. It's really not. Uh, just the more people flick each other off, it just, it doesn't make sense. you got to quit flipping people off. It's, it's cable television. It's not pay-per-view. Um, they tried to build up that Jade Cargill had a, a big opponent. And she had some random Canadian girl. This didn't work out. Renee Young tried to talk to Jade, who acted like the moron she is. And instead, Taya Valkyrie, the newest AEW signee, happened to show up. And it looks like Taya may go against Jade Cargill. Thank goodness somebody was is going to actually probably beat her because it's the, the streak is getting ridiculous and Taya deserves to be featured because she's one of the best women wrestlers on the planet. Orange Cassidy defended his, it's not All-Atlantic, it's international or something now, but he defended his belt against Jeff Jarrett. It was a really good match. It involved a lot of shenanigans, a lot of outside people. In the end, Orange Cassidy finds his normal way to win. Jeff Jarrett it amazes me that he has got to be mid-50s and can still wrestle every bit as good as he ever did. Uh, the fact that Soraya, Ruby Soho, and Tony Storm all call themselves the outcast make no sense because they're outcasts of what? They are prominently featured more than anybody else on the show. That makes you more of an all-star, not an outcast. But, hey, they want to be the rebels because they all have tattoos and eyeliner. Great for them. But as they attack Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD that is, they were saved as Sky Blue, Willow, Nightingale, and Riho all come down to save them. I think that set up a match sometime this week where Sky Blue and Willow are going to uh, take on a couple of them. That should be a lot of fun to watch that. Sky Blue is an up-and-coming star. She could be a star in a couple of years. Uh, definitely. Uh, check out her rise then we get to the match we all wanted to see for a long long time as the elite took on the JAS that took on the house of black all for the trios championships and uh, this did not disappoint these are nine people who are the top of their game luckily the house of black were able to keep their belts uh, I would implore people as much as I tell people which which matches to go back and rewatch throughout the week go back and rewatch this one it's it's really really good uh the best thing that happened on AEW Rampage this week 
was that we got to see the debut of Taya that I just mentioned, and Adam Cole come back and promise to kick the crap out of the next guy he saw. Uh, that brings us to WOW Women of Wrestling. This is the new one I said we're going to add to it. This is where people like Giselle Shaw started years ago. There are a lot of other great, talented women who came from there. And anytime AJ Mendez is back on television, her commentary definitely makes this worth watching. Uh, they had some some. Um, they had got some pretty good, talented people. I think BK Rhythm is somebody to keep keep your eye on. She had a good match against uh, Chantilly Shella. And uh, other than that, uh, I do think that uh, Holly Swag, who wrestles with her on-screen mother, Big Rig Betty, I think Holly Swag has, has a chance to uh, blossom into a big star uh, in the, the near, near future. Um, I think... There it is. New Japan continues to deliver. Them only having an hour each week. They can't show the entire shows. Uh, you can subscribe to them on their website. That's where you can watch the entire shows that they do every week. But uh, this week they had Naito versus El Fantasmo. El Fantasmo, very underrated, but Naito is one of the top three stars in the company. He had a solid win there. And... Sonata versus Tai Chi was as good as it always was, but if you haven't seen recently, Sonata has completely changed up his look. He's stopped putting blonde highlights in his hair and having ridiculous goatees. He's went with just straight up jet black hair again. He says the change is what he needs. And he's always been trying to get in, break into that main event spot. I think that's definitely going to be a way that he can do so. Just completely go back to basics and continue to be continue to be the, the the good star that he is maybe one day he'll get the leg up but it seems like he's got to get over that hump and he did win a tournament recently i'm sure they're going to show that one in the next couple weeks but that is all i have for you this week lots and lots of action at the ufc fight night coming up pfl is going to be going full out in about a week and a half but until then it's been another edition of strong style I'm your host, Jeremy the Impact York. We will see you guys next week. Go watch wrestling. Go watch fighting. Deuces, gooses.